0: Welcome to the 2019 Federal Executive Forum series on Federal News Network, proudly celebrating 14 years. Today's episode brings you Profiles in Excellence. Here's your host, Luke McCormack.
1: Good afternoon and welcome to this special edition of the Federal Executive Forum, celebrating 14 years of profiling IT mission programs in the federal government. This is our seventh annual Profiles in Excellence program. We are coming to you from the studios of WTOP and the Federal News Network. I'm Luke McCormack, and during today's show, we will discuss IT program success stories at numerous government agencies and hear from the key leaders and industry partners that are making them happen. With me on today's show are Greg Garcia, who is the Deputy CIO and Chief Data Officer with the U.S. Army, Joe Plymouth, Chief Information Officer, and Chief Data Officer of the Department of Justice. Gary Washington, Chief Information Officer with USDA. Maria Roach, Chief Information Officer, SBA. Jose Areta, Chief Information Officer for HHS. Jonathan Album, Principal Digital Strategy Strategist with ServiceNow. Dennis McGlynn, Federal Civilian Manager at New Relic. And O'Neill Cross, Principal with Deloitte. Well, we've got a tremendous lineup here and we've had a tremendous year. We're going to get right into it. Greg, I'm going to start with you at the U.S. Army. Can you give us a uh, a highlight of a major program that the U.S. Army has implemented in this fabulous year of 2019 as we're rolling out the modernization strategy across the federal
2: government? Really kind of an exciting time to be a CIO and a CDO as, as we'll all talk about. Uh, for the Army, as you know, we're in a really, accordance with the National Defense Strategy, really in a global competition phase. And, and really, part of that is helping mis- uh, mission decisions uh, be h- of higher quality and a faster pace. And from the IT venue, what we really try to do is uh, take advantage of the resiliency and availability of the cloud, and then having our data actually accessible that is visible, accessible, and, and understandable, and trusted, and, um, and interoperable. Some big things we've done this last year is really uh, learn from this journey. As you know, getting to the cloud is, is quite a, not only a technical task, but a cultural task, and, and getting that data to be accurate and curated is a big part of that. So we've actually, so. this last year, had our financial data for both our non-ERPs and ERPs into a data lake. We've actually got uh, personnel data now in a uh, big data enterprise where we're doing deep learning and and. Uh, data analysis against cohorts over years and years. We've actually now have a platform this year that is in the cyber arena where we feed all our uh, network data and defensive cyber information to give us a holistic view of what we're doing. We now have our intelligence data in a in a cloud that we work with uh, the greater community in DoD and our global force management information system in a new platform that allows us to see ourselves better. So as you can see, we, we've started the journey into cloud, really kind of cloud-enabled, data-driven is our strategy, and we're going to do that smartly as we go through the, uh, the next several years.
1: Yeah, it just seems like all the agencies, and I'm sure we'll hear more, uh, everyone is sort of sort of moved out of the pliers and wires sort of mode. They're into uh, the cloud, above the line, taking advantage of the elasticity and all these other things that the cloud has to offer. And really, giving that capability to the warfighter, right? I mean, that's what it's all yeah, about. Super,
2: super important for the army, right? Mm-hmm. From the very tactical edge, disconnected, to the tactical, all the way back to the enterprise, and and getting that data to go both ways.
1: Right, and being connected, disconnected, big deal in the U.S. Army, yes, right? Sir. I'm sure it is across the globe. Joe, how about it, yeah, Justice? I know you all have been just on an absolute march for <laughs> modernizing your entire community there. Uh, you wanna give some highlights as to what did 2019 look like?
3: Yeah, thanks, Luke, uh, very glad to be here and thanks for having me. Uh, I'd like to talk about how we're pursuing uh, shared services at the Department of Justice. Uh, uh, you look at the president's management agenda, it sets a long-term vision for modernizing uh, IT systems across the federal government. And one of the primary uh, ways that uh, it does is it sets out a, a, sh- a sharing of uh, quality services, uh, uh, cross-agency priority goal. And I believe that uh, shared services is the right way for, for to do business uh, within the government. And you can you know, really leverage uh, the, the scaling and, and uh, um, the successful services, streamlining operations, uh, eliminating uh, unnecessary duplication and uh, minimizing the, the cost, modernizing the technology, improving security along the way. And so uh, in alignment with this goal, uh, the Department of Justice was selected this year um, uh, to provide uh, security operations uh, services uh, as a, uh, a shared services f- uh, for government customers. And our, our SOC, our Security Operations Center, um, it really, uh, we're very proud of that operation. We've uh, added a lot of additional capabilities over the year. And uh, it, you know, network monitoring, incident response, cyber threat hunting, uh, cross-agency threat information sharing, and it can be challenging for smaller agencies to um, uh, deliver this kind of functionality, and, and uh, it's very expensive. Uh, so we've been extending our, our SOC capabilities to other customers across uh, across the government. Uh, we have a broad range of uh, customers today, and we're we're continuing to look at expanding our our uh, customers in this area. And the other area on uh, shared services is our criminal uh, information uh, services. Um, you know, we we provide access to uh, national uh, crime information databases to uh, 325 uh, agencies, federal, uh, tribal, uh, and um, and others. So uh, you think about it, we have all this um, database, all these databases for with crime information, and it has to be shared out uh, with other uh, agencies, and. Um, you know, we Just two weeks ago, we awarded a, a new contract to modernize our access to uh, uh, NCIC, which is a large FBI uh, database containing uh, uh, crime information. Uh, what we're trying to do here, Luke, is to make sure that, uh, that no uh, software is needed to be installed locally, no local installations. We take care of all the maintenance. All we're doing is providing access, uh, very secure access where identity is very important. We think that this is a, a great way to um, Provide these services to other federal agencies, and um, you know part of this is um, making sure that we've um, we're, we're making this information available as, as securely um, in a very uh, a deliberate manner. And if you want, anybody wants to learn more about our shared services on justice.gov, we've got a, a link. Um, and uh, anybody can uh, ask for more information, so.
1: You know, the, the JSOC has been uh, a legacy in this community for, for several years, and I mean, it's just powerhouse of capability. And it's great to see that they're taking all that industrial strength, porting it out to a, a small agency that may not have the, the, the wherewithal to be able to do that, and, and certainly do it quickly and just port it right in there, and all of a sudden now they have this fantastic capability that you all have been developing over yeah. years, right? I think it's awesome. Gary, how about at USDA, I know you all have, uh, once again, another big cabinet level agency that's just been doing incredible things and, and what I love, every speech you give, you know, you always talk about the farmers, you talk about that community out there, you talk about that citizen experience, right, I think it's awesome. Uh, tell us, what, uh, what did 2019 look like for USDA?
4: Well, thank you, Luca. Thank you for having me on the show. As you know, um, USDA owns the, uh, was one of the leaders of the cap goal for IT modernization and mm-hmm. the president's management agenda. So, we've entered in, into a partnership with the Centers of Excellence, GSA, and we've been modernizing in several different areas. Cloud computing, data center consolidations, improving the customer experience, data analytics, and improving our contact centers. So we've uh, got down from 39 enterprise data centers to four with the goal of getting to two in 2020, which has significantly reduced our total cost of ownership across USDA. We've migrated 81% of our applications to a uh, cloud environment. Uh, I think what we're most proud of is how we're digitizing our access, uh, digitizing the access the farmers have to us by modernizing our WIP program, market facilitation program. Our farmers for the first time can view their loans online and we're continuing to improve how we provide services to not just the farmers, but ranchers, foresters, and our, and our scientists. Uh, in our data analytics, um, every, you know, we have dashboards that we use across the department uh, for our administrative uh, programs as well as our uh, non, uh, other programs that we provide services to folks. But it's not just about the dashboards. We actually use those to make informed decisions and do analytics on the data that we have. Mm-hmm. And what, what that is forcing people to do is improve the quality of their data, and they know that we're going to use that in terms of how we make our management decisions and everything. Uh, we're continuing to uh, modernize our contact centers, how we engage our public, how they get access from, from us, by using artificial intelligence tools, you know, machine learning, robotic process automation as well, and uh, O C I O have partnered with our C F O uh, colleagues and in, in H R in terms of using robotic process automation to uh, we have to fill vacancy slots, you know, but to provide uh, take low vi- provide high value work for our employees and automate some of the manual processes that we have across U S D A.
1: You know, uh, what gets measured gets done, right? Yes. And it's great to see that uh, you're, you're using some of those higher order analytics to be able to, uh, to really zero in on uh, some of these trouble areas and that you're changing that sort of uh, UX, uh, UI experience uh, and I'm sure multi-mode capability for, uh, for that vast community you have out there across the country. Maria, it has been a banner year for, for SBA. Uh, every, I, I would say that I can't, can't imagine that 2019 has not been the most uh, significant year for SBA as far as IT modernization and for the entire community, right? I mean, you, you've been experimenting, developing, iterating a lot of these capabilities for the rest of the interagency to use. Tell us about 2019.
0: Oh, uh, thank you, Luke. Um, you know, the SBA... Uh, serving those more than forty million small businesses across the, the United States, we've got a two hundred billion loan portfolio, thirty billion in private equity funds, and as we provide services, counseling, uh, loans, certifications to small businesses, I realized early on when I got to SBA three years ago that we really didn't have a good view of our customer. And over the this last year, we've made some significant strides to get to that 360 view of our customer. Who is that customer? Who is that small business? And what is their journey and their interaction with the Small Business Administration? And what we've done is we've built out the platform for that to bring together a lot of the stovepipes across the agency. It was pretty clear early on that we had you know, counseling programs and training programs and you know programs for veterans and programs for women, and, and they weren't connected. And being able to bring that together, to be able to see what that view is of the customer, so that you know when they get a loan, you know it was a result of counseling that they had maybe six months ago, or a veteran that gets you know through the through their tap classes, everyone gets um, uh, some training on on starting a business as they're exiting the military service. Well, what's that connection between someone leaving the army? Right, Craig. Somebody leaves the Army, and then somewhere down the road, whether it's six months a year, 18 months, they move somewhere in the middle of the country, and then they start a business. How do I know what that connection is going through? And we've been laying the foundation for that over the last year. It's actually been more than that, but bringing that together has been a really big lift. And we're now starting to make those connections and bring those programs onto a common platform with the big vision of seeing that 360 view of the customer, You know, it's interesting because, you know, from a CIO vantage point for, you know, certainly the CIO's here, um, being able to see across the organization where not every office sees what the other office is doing and finding out that this person over here talks to that person over here, you know, I need that piece of data and that piece of information. The CIO, I think, sometimes has that vantage point that, that sometimes isn't seen elsewhere in the organization that can see across the mission space and really understand. How the connections are being made but taking that data and then putting we've put uh, analytics uh, tools in the hands of of the users we've got a data community practice that's two years old now and and giving the tools to them and seeing what they're doing and taking that data and accessing the data and and making decisions from that understanding different parts of the country Um, you know where loans are being made for instance what demographics we're hitting or we're not hitting Um, and being able to use that. So building that 360 view of the customer, we're still early in on it, but we've laid the foundation for that and now we're bringing our program offices onto the platform little by little um, to be able to get to that 360 view. That's been a big lift. And I just recently brought in a, um, on board a CX person, Um, she's phenomenal, and she's focused in on that customer journey. How does that customer interact with the small business and administration? How what are their how how do they interact? Do they email? Do they call? Do they use the website? What is that? And really honing in on that as we're rolling out the platform, right? So
1: and, it's and been a big lift. Yeah, it's been a huge lift. And it's interesting you, you point out about how the CIO really has a, a a dimension there of every different business line within a community, right? They see it from a, a perspective that not not many of the uh, the folks in, a, in an agency see it, right? So you have that opportunity to really pull it together. As you're building these common platforms and you know laying down some of these these modernized capabilities to enable uh, small business owners right. Mm -hmm. Jose you've been over at the HHS as the CIO now for a few months but you've been at HHS for quite some time prior to that. Uh, 2019 certainly been a big year for the HHS. Give us uh, give us the highlights.
5: Yeah, so I'm actually going to take your question in a little different direction. Sure. And I think it's really I important. No less of that. <laughs> I figured you'd say that. Um, I want to focus on our mission space and the people that we're impacting, because I think that's extremely important. And you've heard that with everybody. I want you to imagine for a second that you're a single mom in a rural part of the United States, recently divorced. Both your kids went to college, and they didn't come back, they went to a city for a job. And you drive 40 minutes to work every day, right? I'm talking about social determinants of health, specific data things that are important to health. You drive 40 minutes to be an RN every single day for work, and you hurt your back at work, and you're prescribed opioids. And you start to take them for the pain, but you're lonely. You're, there's no sense of community. You live in a re- really rural part of the United States. And you become addicted. And your neighbor comes by to visit one day, and you say you're not feeling well, so you're going to sit on the couch for a few days. Neighbor comes by to check on you two days later, and you haven't moved. You're abusing your opioids. You're taking 20 to 25 Vicodin a day. Now your neighbor scoops you up and takes you to the hospital in the rural part of the United States where they don't have access to data. And when they take you to the hospital, the doctor there says, we think you have pneumonia. We're going to put you on an IV drip, and in 12 hours, we think you'll be better. But in 12 hours, guess what? 90% of your major organs are starting to fail, your lungs collapsed, you're fully intubated, and your life flighted to New York City. And the second you get to New York City, the doctor realizes you have something called sepsis. Now, there's only seven or eight strands of sepsis, okay? And And they're all treatable. You can treat it at the moment of cough if you have data and you have insight to that. So the doctor puts you on an IV intravenous drug, seven or eight of them, which treats every form of sepsis. Now, seven of those drugs are killing you. One's killing the sepsis that you have. And you have two days for a data exchange of a blood specimen to determine what type of sepsis you have. Now, I've actually personally experienced this, um, and, and the person survived. But after finding out what type of sepsis she had, she was given a drug and then given four other drugs to recover from the seven drugs that were killing her. Right, involved now, that story. Yeah. now, imagine if you had insights into de-identified claims data related to prescription drug use. Imagine if you had the ability to tap into a social determinants of health data platform, which is the basic data that any marketer uses to actually sell you a cup of coffee or tell you where you can get cheap gas. Imagine how that could impact that individual's life. And Maria talked a ton about a foundation. The foundation that we've built in the back office so that we can peer into cloud tenants across the department, the, the, the multiple recurrent neural networks that we've built so we can actually use a long, short-term memory recurrent neural network to, act to to analyze different data sets will actually give us the ability not only to drive policy to help that individual, but to drive a return on investment as it relates to de-identified prescription drugs and, and the way they're being prescribed to individual users. And I think it's extremely important that we never lose sight of the person and the individual that we're trying to serve. So at HHS, we're piloting behavioral-based identity at the edge of the network, we've done three recurrent neural networks right now, one of which you haven't heard about, but it's in the cyberspace. Uh, and we've built the ability to peer into multiple cloud tenants and actually start to share data across multiple cloud tenants, all in the back office, but we're doing them to serve that woman that is in rural upstate New York uh, and has that addiction.
1: What a powerful story. And I'll tell you, it goes to show how important, you know having that data to the right individual at the right time Is really important to enable any of these missions. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Federal Executive Forum on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network.
6: What's your possible? With cloud, you can imagine a new world of possibilities when it comes to interactions with citizens and achieving your mission. Cloud presents an opportunity to reimagine everything. It is the power to transform. It is a catalyst for continuous reinvention. With Deloitte Cloud, you have a pathway to confidently discover your possible and make it actual. For more on how to advance your cloud and fast-track your possible, visit Deloitte.com
7: US slash Federal Cloud. For many government agencies, the question isn't whether to move to the cloud. It's about which services can deploy more efficiently and securely via the cloud to provide the agency with additional capabilities to better serve citizens and employees, often with less internal cost and resources. At ServiceNow, we pledge to improve efficiency and engagement with a single cloud platform. ServiceNow, we make the world of work work better for people.
8: New Relic is built to help agencies create more perfect software. They're the industry's largest and most comprehensive cloud-based observability platform. With New Relic, you can gain true understanding of how your applications are performing as they deliver customer experiences, advance business operations, and support mission goals. Find out how New Relic can help your federal agency provide best-in-class digital experiences at newrelic.com. That's newrelic.com. Welcome
1: back to the Federal Executive Forum on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network are talking about 2019 in this special edition of the Federal Executive Forum. I'm going to throw it over to you, Jonathan, and uh, tell us about what 2019 looked look like for you all and uh, in service. Now you have a, a wide swath across the That's entire right. community. We just heard a very powerful story about enabling a, a mission, enabling a, an individual, enabling a family. Uh, tell us about uh 2019 and service sure. now
9: well uh thanks Lucas. it's great to be here as as you mentioned you know ServiceNow is working all across the federal government doing um things that are very similar to what we heard from the from the other panelists around data around creating visibility into data and helping uh good decisions be made so one of the stories that comes to mind that i really uh i like to talk about is what we've been doing at the air force uh we, we heard about the National Defense Strategy already and having good business operations that make the National Defense Strategy uh, actions um, successful was really a, a hard challenge that we worked on with, with the Air Force. Prior to um, working together, the key data that would drive business decisions would be in spreadsheets and emails, uh, phone calls. It would be locked away in people's uh, in people's minds. And there wasn't a central repository to manage this information and without that, it could be very difficult to know that you're making the right decision. So uh, we worked together over, the, um, over the, past, uh, the past year plus to establish um, a comprehensive dashboard capability that brings together information about different initiatives, projects, um, the, uh, the milestones, key objectives, uh, risks, issues, and puts it all in one place under one pane of glass, so to speak. So anyone who's participating at the, you know, an executive level, a senior level in the Air Force has one place to go to find out the status of the most important work. Um, if, again, before, all this information we brought together, these, these same leaders, but it would be coalesced from all these disparate data sources. And by the time those PowerPoint presentations made it to, to somebody, they might be outdated. And that was a lot of work to create those PowerPoint presentations. So we, we helped the Air Force eliminate all of those manual tasks. Uh, we've made it really clear now when there is an issue, where to go. The dashboard makes it very visible. As we said, what gets uh, what gets measured gets managed, right? So they have the same ability to dive into a particular topic or an area of a project because they're using ServiceNow to bring that information together in one place. So you know, the people's time is very valuable and it's always limited. So if I have to search through a lot of diff- different different uh, sources of data to find out how something's going. One, I might miss something, but two, it takes a lot of time. And you know, the things that we're really proud about in this engagement are getting people focused on the right work and taking the, the busy work, the, the low value tasks, and doing our best to automate them and make it simpler to dive right in when something is, uh, you know, requires attention. And you know, it makes a real difference when you know that I'm looking at current data. And I'm looking at areas that need my attention and focus. I can be very effective, and that's a that's a really important story for us. We uh, we've now um, taken our government community cloud and we've migrated it into a FedRAMP high environment, and uh, it's just received an impact level four certification. So all of this data uh, is operating in one of the highest unclassified environments in, uh, that the Air Force has, and then. We're looking at moving it into the Ciprnet over um, over the course of the next year. So good work. We're very excited by it. Um, again, very much in alignment with I think what we're talking about here: data and visibility, making work simple, uh, in support of the National Defense Strategy. So right. it's a good story. Right. And, and,
1: and a very modern cloud-enabled environment that's super secure. Right. Mm-hmm. That's right. And uh, and also, uh, I, I'm, I'm sure mobile-enabled. Right. People that's know right. that it's got real-time data, it's accurate data, it's secure data. Uh, you know, I feel enabled, right, when I'm in that kind of a situation. Right, that's great. Uh, O'Neill, uh, how about at Deloitte? Uh, once again, you, you're you're a global uh, entity. Uh, you've got uh, all kinds of uh, activities going on across the globe, both in the private sector and the public sector. Give us an example, sort of highlight what 2019 looked like for this federal sector, and maybe you can point out a, a specific program for us.
10: Uh, thanks, Luke, and and thanks for having uh, me. and At Deloitte, one of the things that we have spent this year is growing our cloud practice and helping our clients think about cloud in a different way. How do we enable the mission? So we've spent this year focusing on how do we help them along that journey? Because oftentimes we look at cloud as just cloud, but we want to shift that paradigm to how you enable the mission. And I'll give an example of one of our government public sector uh, clients that we have. Over the years, they've tried to get to the journey around cloud. And what we're able to do is bring our cloud capabilities, such as a data suite that we've brought in to help you understand your workload, right? And help you bring that sense of, okay, where do I start? What are the applications that I need to bring to the cloud? What do I need to refactor? What do I need to re-engineer, right? Because those things are important because you need to tie it back to that mission. And we're able to help that client do that. And what, what was important for us is help them understand the workload. For example, they they thought they had... 15 applications. When we ran our added data tool, we realized they had over 100 applications, right? So how do you go through that process systematically to be able to identify what are those mission-capable systems that you want to help the client with? So those are the things that we're focusing on. And the other piece is also focused on the people. So as we look to cloud, what are the skill sets that we need to ensure that we're operated in the cloud? So we're helping our client within our government public sector to do that and also the knowledge base. How do we transfer that knowledge? So, when we are gone, when Deloitte is not there, you know, how do we make sure that the agencies are enabling and ensure that they could use cloud from, to drive their mission? So those are some of the things that we're focused on is growing our cloud capabilities.
1: And I think, you know, uh, having the lessons learned from across the globe, right? uh, Again, in the, the private sector engagements, public sector engagements, sort of bringing that to bear in an engagement in an agency is super powerful, right? This is a tectonic shift, this technology, and what this technology can do. But there's also a big cultural shift, right? Yep. You know, skill sets, et cetera, to the yep. IT employee, uh, et cetera, et cetera, there's contractual dynamics, right? i buying by the drink yep. now. That's a whole different dynamic. So a lot of moving parts when you look to modernize yep. using this type of technology. So I want to thank you for that. Um, uh, well, how about at New Relic? Why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, uh, what, uh, what is going on at New Relic, and particularly around uh, sort of, you know, when I look at a, a, a capability like uh, New Relic, Dennis, I think about, you know, in, in order to enable these capabilities, you have to have good instrumentation to be able to meter what you're doing. These environments are super complex these days, right? Hybrid cloud, et cetera. You've got to know where the, uh, the bottlenecks are, where the flow is. Tell us about new relic what is new relic and then where's new relic and tell us about uh, what you've done in 2019 for this community
11: sure thanks luke and um, you you mentioned earlier about what gets measured gets done well when you think in terms of uh, digital transformation and you think in terms of that being running your business on software you you look at new relic and new relic is a cloud-based instrumentation platform for your software and your back-end software cloud infrastructure so If you look at New Relic, we're uh, working with 17,000 customers worldwide, half of the Fortune 100, uh, many of the federal agencies that are going through this digital transformation process. We're helping them with citizen experience, modernization projects, cloud migration, and mobile. And today, I'd like to just feature a story about one of our clients. It's um, it's a client that goes back a few years. It's CMS, and it's healthcare.gov. Most of you are familiar with the story. Um, I don't think
1: there's a person in here. Yeah.
11: <laughs> so I'll be brief. That you know, the, the site crashed in two hours. Uh, only six people were signed up for insurance after the first day. Uh, one of the key systems, the login system, kept failing. Uh, there were a lot of um, a lot of different agencies involved, a lot of different um, uh, vendors and contractors, and um, as you can imagine, a lot of cooks in the kitchen. So. Uh, CMS uh, brought in uh, a group of experts. You know, today we might refer to them as U.S. Digital Services and 18F. And uh, the first thing they did was bring in a new relic to instrument the application. Uh, Within hours, they had uh, code level visibility, root cost Mm -hmm. analysis, and uh, when the team saw the data, they all bought in. Uh, We all know the end of the story. Uh, They were able to resolve the issues, and relaunch successfully. Uh, Today, uh, CMS uses New Relic for multiple programs. Uh, CMS today uh, supports over 50 million citizens with their public-facing applications. Uh, One of the takeaways from this was that they experienced a uh, improvement in mean time to repair by 75%. Uh, They doubled their number of websites the programs that they were supporting, and active users, but only increased their staff by 25%. Uh, They moved from quarterly releases to an agile (sighs) two-week release cycle. They improved their development time by 80%. And um, a lot of the uh, folks that were involved in that project, uh, the SIs, the systems integrators, the the folks at USDS and uh, 18F continue to use New Relic for projects they're working on today.
1: You know, and and that was early on in the entire federal government's modernization journey. And you know, we all know that if you're going to modernize, you have to modernize in a, in a very modern way, and use uh, you know uh, current contemporary tools and techniques. And it's you know instrumentation is a big part of this, right? You have to be able to measure these activities so you know where your uh, where your uh, attention needs to be focused. Exactly. Uh, Greg, we're going to circle back to you and let's uh, let's spin it around and talk about uh, some of the benefits to the agency as a result of these initiatives. You know, if I'm a warfighter out there, you know, and I'm a, I'm a soldier and I'm doing my thing and I've got all this capability, clouds and data lakes, et cetera, what does that mean to me? You know, what does, yeah. that, what does that mean to me as far as enabling me to fight the bad guy?
2: It, it really gets boils down to mission success, right? Uh, you know, we've talked briefly about the national defense strategy, but but we're, we're really at a, a, a very... Um, concerning friction point here a pivotal point here about how we prepare for the future and that's really a whole of a nation activity and for for the Army's role in the multi-domain operations all domain operations it's really information is the new strategic asset for joint interoperability with our partners and allies concerted direct operations that provide national security to the government so just you know what we talked about is you you, you can't defend what you don't know uh, so understanding what data what operations, what processes are used, and, and monitoring that with seasoned information. You know, one of the things we did this last year is uh, the Army Leadership Dashboard put 135 data sets that have never been together before to actually expose, make new relationships, and inform decision-making for the, the Army seniors down all the way to uh, the, the local um, uh, battalion that has to worry about readiness. Readiness and uh, across training, across uh, equipment across uh, uh, individual uh, capabilities at the individual level, the the unit level, and above the core level, that's all based upon information that you can see and assess uh, to make those decisions about investments and resources. So for the Army, I, I, you know, we've been in a very uh, significant increase in tactical readiness uh, over 2019. Have uh, uh, BC, our battle combat teams at the highest readiness they've been in years. Focusing that uh, information to make real-time decision making and turning that uh, uh, that focus to strategic readiness in addition to uh, tactical readiness.
1: You know, and when you modernize these environments, all of a sudden you can put all these databases in there in quick order and make that available mm-hmm. so that you can you can have that experience as you're describing that. That's fantastic, Joe. How about at uh, Justice? You and I were just at uh, an FBI uh, 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 conference uh, where there was a whole bunch of state and locals there, right? And uh, talking about data sharing, et cetera. What what does that look like to the state and local when you connect all those things together? What does it mean to them? What's the experience that they get? And perhaps maybe you can talk about experience to a small agency on that other subject you had, about uh, sure. your J stock and sort of piping that capability in there. Yeah. What does that mean to a small agency? Two different questions there, but you know, it's all about the, the experience.
3: Yeah, it's all about sharing, uh, yeah. whether you're sharing services uh, or sharing data. Good point. Um, you know, there's uh, 91 small uh, federal agencies out there that I think in a lot of cases don't have the resources that say the army might have or, or uh, large departments. Uh, uh, so if they can leverage uh, existing services and, um, Again, everybody wants high-quality services that uh, reduce cost, make sure they're you know really secure, um, but that's what it really comes down to. And, and sharing data is, is just, it makes sense. But you've got to do it intelligently um, with the right controls. You know, Security is something you can't compromise. And one of the things that we've uh, found with sharing of uh, uh, data is it's the identity uh, and authentication of who's on the other end because you're typically, you're, you can't see the person anymore. And it's like, uh, and we share with um, the 18,000 state and local law enforcement organizations. Uh, there's 800,000 law enforcement officers in this country. Uh, there's uh, the 600 federally recognized tribes, 220 have their own law enforcement organizations. But even the civilian uh, organizations on uh, reservations uh, can access our information for uh, background checks on, on those that are uh, regularly dealing and have interaction with children, um, for housing uh, situations. So. A lot of people access our information and being able to uh, positively uh, you know know who you're sharing that information with and do they have even if you know who they are do they have access should they have access to the information you've got to protect the information but we've also got to share it
1: yeah who is it what is it and uh, delicate balance there but super important Gary how about the USDA if I'm a farmer out there in the middle of Nebraska I'm trying to look at uh, loan crop information whatever it is that uh, USDA is providing which is a a plethora of capability, you know, what does that experience look like? What does it feel like in 2019 versus 2018?
4: Well, as we've gone on this journey, you know, we've switched everything. And it's really about, you know, business value and improving the customer experience across USDA. And, you know, we've been listening to our customers and our stakeholders and the people that we serve, and they've always wanted to engage us in an automated fashion and have the uh, opportunity or the option to go into a service center agency and, and and speak to a USDA employee. So we're working very hard across many uh, mission areas to provide that experience for them. Um, you know, we, we're starting to share data with other entities in order to uh, make their uh, their experience more pleasurable and get them the information they need at their fingertips. Obviously, we have to do it in a secure fashion and, and keep other uh, controls in, in mind. Um, but it's really uh, forcing us to have business conversations about how we deliver IT services, not just with to our USDA employees, but to the farmers on the farm, and have uh, conversations about things like precision ag, you know, and how we uh, serve rural communities. How do you get technology out there to somebody in an in underserved area?
1: Yeah, the farmers are the backbone of this country. USDA has how many employees?
4: Hundred thousand employees. Hundred thousand employees. So
1: that's that's a that's a big community right there. That's your and then you've got I'm sure several hundred thousand uh, entities, whether they're farmers or suppliers mm-hmm. or what have you, that uh, you're uh, providing uh, you know citizen and I, services to. And right? I believe
4: we're in 39 different countries as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Wow, wow. Yeah. I don't think is yeah. something that yeah. uh, a lot of people realize. So yeah. the, there you go. The foreign service officers, right? F- yes. Yeah. <laughs> foreign companies. ag, yes. Yeah. yeah, foreign <laughs> ag officers. Yes. Okay, well, we're going to take another quick break, and uh, we'll be right back. You've been listening to the Federal Executive Forum on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network.
8: New Relic is built to help agencies create more perfect software. They're the industry's largest and most comprehensive cloud-based observability platform. With New Relic, you can gain true understanding of how your applications are performing as they deliver customer experiences, advance business operations, and support mission goals. Find out how New Relic can help your federal agency provide best-in-class digital experiences at newrelic.com. That's newrelic.com.
6: What's your possible? With cloud, you can imagine a new world of possibilities when it comes to interactions with citizens and achieving your mission. Cloud presents an opportunity to reimagine everything. It is the power to transform. It is a catalyst for continuous reinvention. With Deloitte Cloud, you have a pathway to confidently discover your possible and make it actual. For more on how to advance your cloud and fast-track your possible, visit Deloitte.com U.S.
7: slash Federal Cloud. For many government agencies, the question isn't whether to move to the cloud. It's about which services can deploy more efficiently and securely via the cloud to provide the agency with additional capabilities to better serve citizens and employees, often with less internal cost and resources. At ServiceNow, we pledge to improve efficiency and engagement with a single cloud platform. ServiceNow, we make the world of work work better for people.
1: Welcome back to the Federal Executive Forum on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. We're talking about 2019 special edition of the Federal Executive Forum. Uh, we're going to throw it over to you, Maria, and we were just talking about um, sort of a, what is the experience to the user, the citizen, you know, the small business owner, right? Uh, as you modernize and, and roll out on this new platform, start stacking all of this capability. What does that look like to a, a, a small business owner? Trying to get a loan, let's say, for example.
0: How about if we start with a single sign-on? Yeah, <laughs> sounds good. Uh, uh, yeah, that. we've got um, when you at, at SBA Line-on. for. Go. Thank you. Yeah, we call nice. it we call it SBA Connect. Okay. <laughs> so we have um, uh, you know systems that are you know login that are that were built homegrown almost twenty years ago, and by the end of March, we're targeting getting rid of all those individual login and consolidating to SBA Connect. To have a unified login for our customers um we're that's something that we've needed to do you know our legacy systems are just not working and the benefit not only of modernizing legacy is getting to a single sign on for our, sign in for our customers we need to do that so you know having that front end not only are we doing all the back end work but getting to that that single sign-on is probably i think part of the a bigger deal for our customers they have to keep up with all those passwords and we've done a lot of testing and we actually brought on um, uh, one of our first applications on that about a month ago. So that's moving out and we'll have that rolled out by the end of March. Um, but, but for those customers, you know that journey, I mentioned earlier um, that I brought somebody on board for that customer experience and that journey. Because SBA deals a lot in paper, we're moving to electronic, digital transformation, a lot of those elements, but really understanding that journey from the customer and how they interact with the Small Business Administration, how many times they have to upload the same document, you know, how many times do they have to do the same thing over and over again for different program offices and really understanding that journey so that we can bring that together so that when you, when you upload a document, um, you know, for pick a program, that that same document applies regardless of the program and the application you're trying to do so. You know, simplifying the, the user experience Um, lessening the amount of paperwork, um, turning things into digital. That's been just a huge part of our journey. And this this is not something that takes six months. This is a a three-year journey. We've started that work this year. Even before that, a lot of the underlying work around data and bringing that together. But we've got another 18 to 24 months till we have that really unified experience. But we're starting small, a piece at a time. We've got the SBA Connect online for the single sign-on incorporating that and then slowly bringing on the different programs so we can get to that. We've got to get to that unified experience for those small businesses and not only, and how do we better serve those small businesses? Because with the data on the back end that we have, not only understanding where we're providing loans and counseling, but being predictive that says, if you've done X and Y, you're likely to do Z and I can provide better Mm -hmm. services to Mm -hmm. you on that. So part of that experience is, you know, being smarter on the back end, understanding the data, but also simplifying the interaction with the Small Business Administration.
1: Better log on, secure, sounds ho-hum, but it's really important, right? Everyone needs There's that, but I love this predictive, you know, so you're not starting at zero when you when you do interact with SBA and and, and you can uh, uh, further along your, your interaction there as far as the experience and what you're after in regards to uh, a small business owner. Jose, you gave us a very powerful story about, uh, you know, what this means to uh, an individual What does it mean to the agency? You know, as as you all modernize and starting to use this capability, provide that level of care, that level of capability to an individual, what does does that mean as far as the agency and what they're capable of doing at that point?
5: Yeah, I mean, I I think that, you know, the story that I told is where we're driving towards. But what we're doing is we're testing these technologies and and back-end operations, and it's fundamentally changing the agency. And it's interesting, Luke, it, it creates a significant amount of tension within an agency when you execute in that way. So I, I just to give you an example, imagine as a program professional, if you had the last 10 years of spend on ServiceNow for, for the entirety of the portfolio, and you, and you used a machine learning capability to cluster it around terms and conditions and price points so you had full visibility, you could drill down at, into the contract to actually look at the terms and conditions if you wanted it. How would that fundamentally change and empower that program official to do acquisition planning, to do market research? And and it creates a significant amount of tension because it's a different way of doing business. It allows you to move much quicker. It allows you to interact with your contracting professional in a much different way. So we focus solely on human-centered design uh, to actually build tools specifically focused on decreasing operational costs within the portfolio. Another thing that we're doing right now is if you take the total number of pages uh, in the books in the Library of Congress and you times that by 2,000, that's the amount of data that hits our network every single day. Now, how does it change an incident response professional's job if you start to analyze that in real time with a machine learning capability and focus their energy and attention on you know, the 100 or so incidents that are probably most pressing and important to them? Right? So it, it fundamentally changes how they work. It fundamentally changes the financial model, model of how you're delivering services internally. Because remember, in my role, I'm the policy official for HHS, but I'm also a service provider to probably 13,000, 14,000 customers across the agency. And then it gives you the ability as the CIO to go to CMS, to go to ACL, to go to a ROIG function and say, maybe we can partner and we can package these tools, this TensorFlow capability we built, and do... Predictive analytics on de-identified prescription drug data, and maybe pull in uh, social determinants of health data platform and start to to look at that information in a different way, so it can inform you when you go and set policy.
1: That volume of data you're talking about, you know, you hear that old statement about you know a needle and a stack of needles. Mm-hmm. Where well, you're really talking about that in, in that kind of environment? That's a, a, a just just a whole different way of looking at that type of capability. Jonathan, uh, over at ServiceNow, you gave us a great example of sort of I'd say digitizing, you know, Mm -hmm. sort of that, that daily experience, you know, once uh, an agency is in that kind of environment, right. And kind of realize that, you know, sort of, you know, what, what does that mean to an agency? What does that feel like to the individual, to the decision makers up and down the chain as far as, you know, just, uh, uh, you know, enablement of their operation?
9: So, you know, ServiceNow is built with a purpose. Uh, The purpose is to make the world of work work better for people. What does that that mean? It's, when you have uh, data all over the place, or you have services or processes that are disconnected, it's very hard to get your job done. One of the things that we focused on at the Air Force and you know, really across government with all of our customers is taking out the work that is low value so people can be focused on the things that are mission, that are high value, that you can go out and you can serve the farmer, you can serve uh, the the um, the woman in Jose's story, you the warfighter has what they need. And we're all better able to do that when we're not thinking about how do I get an HR issue solved? How do I uh, get my computer fixed? Um, how do I navigate the complexity and the bureaucracy of, a, of an organization? So by simplifying those workflows and, and taking those digital workflows and connecting them in ways that adv- value to employees on a day-to-day basis, we all become better at doing our mission. And that's sort of the core value that we have as a company and a story that is consistent through our, our engagements in government and something I think that's a theme through all of the stories that we've, we've heard today. When you can be focused on the mission and you can be able to show that the work we do in IT ties to a program outcome that's positive and the citizen has a loan or a warfighter is better served, or someone gets better health care. You know, you can really feel good about the job that you're doing and you can be uh, confident that, you know, the work you do is added value to, to the people who really need government at a certain point in their lives. So, right. you know, it's very re- rewarding, I think. Sure,
1: and I mean you're really talking about being able to have the event individuals focus above the line, right? You know, all the all the yeah, I, I remember telling one of my product managers, you want to be a hero. You know, get time and attendance approval and travel approval on a mobile device, and people will love you forever, right? You know, I mean, it is, oh, why wouldn't they, right? Yeah, it's a simple thing. Does my computer things. work?
9: Does my uh, phone work? Do I have right. Can the, I log the on securely, right? right. And then yes, was, yeah. single sign-on, a simple idea that's hard to do, but when implemented, you know, it, it makes everybody's life a little bit easier, and you can be focused on the really high-value, critical work, which is core to the core to the PMA, and is what this administration is talking
1: about. 100%. O'Neil, How about uh, Deloitte? You know, you gave a very very great example there of a whole transformation in regards to uh, cloud enablement you know once an agency sort of in that environment and as you were saying sort of Deloitte has sort of transitioned out the agency is fully enabled or becoming fully enabled what does that look like what does that feel like what, what is the expectation what's your goal maybe what you've done with other clients where you want to get these agencies to
10: I think one other thing at Deloitte, we want to get the agency and our government and public sector clients to focus on the mission. And we, we talk about it. How do you enable mission? right? You know, one of the areas that I focus on within Deloitte is around cloud integration, which you know, when you look at big programs, sometimes we're not very intentional about it. You know, I had one client that was up um, in Seattle and one of our clients, 1,700 interfaces point to point. Connected 90 applications. So if we talk about the 360 view, right, we have to figure out how to solve those issues. And at Deloitte, those are some of the focus areas that we're looking at because, you know, as you transition to the cloud, you're gonna see a lot of hybrid cloud, how you integrate your application on-prem and also your application in the cloud. So those are important shifts that we're seeing. And it's some of the things that we at Deloitte are focusing because it helps the mission and it helps drive the outcome of some of the things that Jose talks about.
1: Right, you're going to have these hybrid uh, cloud environments where these legacy installations, right, with the Smart Cloud initiative underway. You're also going to have these multi-cloud capabilities, exactly. right? So, and not all clouds are the same. same. I think yep. we've all learned that. And so, uh, really important to uh, to be able to stitch it all together. Uh, great tee up for uh, for New Relic there uh, <laughs> in regards They're to old, you got to instrument that, right? You got to know where these things are. Once your environment starts to get, you know less complex in some ways and a lot more complex in other ways, right? So what does that feel like once you've fully enabled that type of capability?
11: We've, we've really got a lot of lessons learned from working with our uh, federal customers and our commercial customers. When you, th- when you think about um, putting together a really good citizen experience, one of the things that we did learn was that it's just not enough to do surveys and polls. You have to instrument everything. Ideally, you instrument it early um, and, uh, you know, since it's been mentioned, uh, we're talking about, uh, single sign-on and login.gov. Login.gov project is an excellent example of a project that used New Relic from the very beginning to get a good positive result at the end. Um, so there- I
1: got login.gov. Yeah. I love it. That's <laughs> great. Two-factor authentication—it's awesome.
11: So, uh, you know, our, our CEO Lucerne likes to say it's—it's it's not production if it's not instrumented. Yeah. And um, another area where we've—we've we've seen um, a lot of success with instrumentation is in the cloud migration area. This is an area where um, O'Neill just mentioned that they discovered seventeen thousand dependencies. Seventeen hundred dependencies. Uh, understanding what you're dealing with is job number one. Um, And then there's a lot of other things that go into migrating, including doing a baseline before and a baseline after, so you can see what your investment is getting for you. And so these are the kind of things that, you know, New Relic is helping uh, our customers manage uh, with regard to uh, citizens' experience in cloud migration.
1: And I'm sure uh, the same in the uh, private sector as well, uh, right? As all these uh, vendor partners here have a. Great big presence in the private sector as well in regards to, you know, marquee capabilities out there. bringing that into the federal service, which I think is awesome. Greg, um, let's talk about priorities. What is your laser-focused number one, number two priority in 2020 as, um, we, as we enter this new decade? Awesome. Yeah. Uh, well our
2: Army is focused on four, four priorities uh, and we are laser-focused on that. It's people, readiness, uh, modernization, and reform. And, and from the IT view, that, that's really some really impactful directions that we have. In the area of uh, people, you know, this whole culture skill shift is really something that's really important. We're, we're working on our, our continued effort for what we call Workforce 2028, is how do we shift the skills that, they're, that are sort of legacy skills of managing servers to managing those that, that that provide things as a service. As you know, we're doing enterprise IT as a service, uh, to figure out the best way how IT is delivered, that's a whole different set of oversight skills that we have to train our workforce for. As we do, as we talk about shared services, common shared services, migration services, that's a whole different genre of skills that we have to, and culture that we have to work on. In the area of readiness, really cybersecurity again, platform cybersecurity, weapon system cybersecurity, network cybersecurity, and individual cybersecurity, that's a big part of it. Modernization, our, our network is probably under the the most dynamic change over the last 30 years, because again, as we highlighted earlier, Mm -hmm. from the disconnected soldier to the tactical network, all the way through the enterprise, getting the right data at the right time, kind of really any data, any C2 node uh, for Mm -hmm. multi domain operations, and really in in the cloud and the data thing, is really the the big engine, the big lift, again, as we had talked about, cloud-enabled, data-driven, Uh, We've just published our Army data plan. There's an x Ward that we're actually walking through. We've just established an enterprise cloud management office, hired uh, Paul Puckett uh, that's going to help us, and really kind of centralize, focus, and execute. We want to build a little, learn a little, improve a little, and then improve uh, all all through that. Sounds awesome.
1: We're going to fire it up a little bit, because I want to make sure you guys uh, get your, the agencies get their top two priorities out there. Joe, what's the laser focus in 2020?
3: I'm going to continue focusing on improving our services, obviously reducing our operating costs, uh, improving our cybersecurity posture. But uh, one area that uh, I'm going to put a lot more focus on in the next uh, year or two is uh, data management. Um, next to... Uh, you know, we, Says going, the chief data
1: we are. We're yeah. going to
3: mature our data management capabilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, next to uh, people, next to our workforce, uh, data is our most important asset. Yeah. And when you look at it, there's... Uh, uh, we've got to optimize our data management, our sharing, our use of data. Uh, Gary mentioned closing a lot of data centers. I've closed 97 data centers mm-hmm. in the last five years. Wow. We've moved a lot of that to uh, commercial cloud environments, but we really didn't look at optimizing. We looked at how can we save as much money as fast as we can. And so we got to go back now and look at that. That's your
1: um, cloud first, cloud mm-hmm. smart. Cloud, it right? is, yeah. it exactly. is. And,
3: uh, you know, so we're hiring a number of data scientists now. Um, we're looking at how we can... Uh, further enhance the skills of our existing workforce uh, with uh, understanding data science. Uh, so, I'm, I'm, you know, we've gone through at uh, the federal level two um, uh, core training uh, uh, classes for retraining people on cybersecurity. We're looking at doing that now for for data science. But we've got to continue focusing on, on data because it's the core of all these missions. We can talk about capabilities, but but data is people up and the, data. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: Gary, how about at USDA? Top two priorities.
4: Well, we're laser being focused on preparing our workforce. Mm-hmm. You know, as we modernize, yes. you know, you can't leave your people behind. So we have to. We're preparing them for this new environment uh, that they'll be operating in because, because of the technologies and the solutions that we've implemented at USDA, their skill sets need to change, and the relationship between. Our business partners and IT has changed as well, so we need right. to we Acquiring need to. services a lot yes, different than we need to prepare to. them for that, mm-hmm. and we continue to modernize. Um, outside of the COEs, we've you know consolidated our security operations center. We're modernizing that. We're going to consolidate our networks from 17 to one, uh, using partner with GSA using the EIS contract, um, and we're uh, the back office activities we're. We're going to have to, we're governing at the enterprise level, we'll be providing end-user support services for the entire 100,000 people at the department level. And cybersecurity will always be a focus for us continuing to modernize, you know, how we improve our cybersecurity posture
1: at USDA. Laser focus on cybersecurity. Maria, at SBA, Um, 2020.
0: Yeah, workforce. We're in our second year of executing on our IT strategic workforce plan. Um really uh, continuing to push on that, educating our workforce uh, for the IT workforce. You know, three quarters of it doesn't report directly into my office, so continuing to influence that, working on that, upgrading the skills for the entire workforce, everything from position descriptions to how we're hiring, yep. bringing all that in. So a big focus on, and not just the IT workforce, but as we, as we you know, go through this digital transformation, we need to bring the rest of the workforce along so that they understand you know what the changes and how they impact them as we move into this you know continuing to move in the digital world the second thing is as you know it's we've had a lot of change in the last few years Um, maturing our processes and procedures Um, focus on that this year so that we're repeatable consistent in how we provide our services big push on that.
1: I hear it uh, across the board there Jose, top priority for HHS.
5: HHS has a $1.45 trillion hit on US GDP. It's 10% of US GDP. We have data on one third of the people that live in this country. So we're focused on cybersecurity. How do we automate as many of the cyber functions as we can possibly automate so that we can lower the cost of de- delivering cybersecurity solutions based on the data set that we have? I want to leverage the existing cloud capabilities that we have and hook into those cloud tenants. I'm not going to replatform all that data. That would cost too much money. That wouldn't be efficient. Secretary Azar is focused on lowering the overall cost of operations, so we can put money back into healthcare, back into delivering services for people. So I need to understand how I'm delivering service and capability from a customer perspective. I need to create a data set so I understand how well we're doing that, and then I need to try and drive down costs. We've we've cut about 20 million dollars out of our operating budget in the last six months. Just from a cio delivery perspective so we're laser focused on doing that because we think that gives us the ability to put more money into healthcare into the mission space great place to
1: laser focus for 2020 well um, this has been a fantastic show i'd like to thank the guests for taking the time out of their busy schedules to join us for the program i'd like to thank the sponsors for which we do not have a show i'd like to thank the good people here at federal news radio that make this program so successful and enjoyable. And most of all, I'd like to thank you, the listening audience, who tune in every month. You've been listening to the Federal News Executive Forum, part of the Federal News Network.
0: Thank you for listening to the 2019 Federal Executive Forum series on Federal News Network, proudly celebrating 14 years. This show was produced by the Trezza Media Group. If you missed any portion of this show, you can listen to the show in its entirety and on demand at federalnewsnetwork.com.